This is Ryan Shelkett from Cross My Heart and Liars Academy, and you're listening to The New Scene. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The New Scene. I am your host, Keith, and we're back with another brand new episode. And on the show this week, we have Jeff Caudill from Game Face and Low Coast. Low Coast has an excellent new LP out, Existing the Dream. That's on Spartan Records. Game Face, we know and love. They've been doing it, and they've been doing it well for a really long time, and we cover everything. Game Face history, some great tours they've done, playing Rev 25, Low Coast, the new record, Jeff's collaboration with Popeye from Farside, your favorite train wreck. It's a really interesting conversation, and that's coming up shortly. But first, here's how you can support the new scene. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at New Scene Pod. Follow me on Twitch at The New Scene. Shirts. We have shirts available for sale at Deathwish Inc. Long sleeve, short sleeve, different options, different designs. Pick one up. It's a great way to support the show. Reviews. Give us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm trying to get us over 200 reviews on each. Open up the apps and hit that five-star button. We need to get there, and we need to do it together. Also, don't forget to support Iodine Recordings. There's an event at Generation Records coming up on Sunday, November 5th, and it's going to be a good one. 30 years of slip by Quicksand. There's going to be an all-star panel talking about the Quicksand book and the slip re-release on Iodine Recordings. We've got Walter Schreifels himself. We've got Norman Brannon. We've got Melinda Beck. We've got John Marcus, and we've got the man himself, Casey, from Iodine Recordings. I'll be there too. I can't wait to go to that. That's going to be awesome. And once again, that's at Generation Records in New York City on November 5th. Six going on seven, Method Actor. The remaster is out now. Go listen to that on streaming services. Pick up a copy. Stretch Armstrong, a revolution transmission. The vinyl repress remaster is out now. There's merch to go along with it. Last I checked, there was some variants left, but pick one up because they're going to be gone soon. And remember, if you're going to Fest, there's a ton of great iodine bands playing. Quicksand, Jerome's Dream, Garrison, The Iron Roses, Audio Karate, Her Heads on Fire, Dead Bars, Rebuilder, Love Letter, Horsewhip, No Man, and Hey Thanks. Lots of great options there. The debut LP from Best X, With a Smile, is out now. Pick that up. And don't forget the Orange Island Garrison Split 7-inch is out there waiting for you to purchase it. So pick that up. Sign up for the Iodine email list. You'll find out about everything first. For more information, head to the Iodine Instagram at Iodine Recordings or to their website at iodinerecordings.com. Also, don't forget to support this month's sponsor, Evil Greed. Evil Greed is an online store and merchandise company based in Berlin, Germany. It's a carefully selected and curated roster of bands and labels. 
Evil Greed is the online marketplace for bands and labels to sell their merch and for us to purchase that merch. They've got stores for pretty much every band ever. If you go onto the Evil Greed website and look at the listing of bands, it's every band that has ever existed in the history of bands. They've got all of our powerhouse new favorites, Drain, Incendiary, Scowl, Knocked Loose, Military Gun, as well as classics we know and love, Botch, Isis, Power Trip, you name it. Everybody's there. They carry all the biggest labels too. Triple B, Closed Casket Activities, Flat Spot, and of course, Iodine Recordings. They offer fair, cheap, and fast worldwide shipping. So head over to the website now, evilgreed.net, and follow them on Instagram at evil underscore greed. You'll be the first to find out about all of the latest merch drops. Okay. So listen, check back in with me in segment three. I'll tell you everything that's going on with me. But right now, we are going to speak to Jeff Caudill of GameFace and Low Coast. Enjoy. We are here now with Jeff Caudill. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great, Jeff. It's great to have you here. You know, you've done so much over the years. Game Face, your favorite train wreck. We have an excellent new band, Low Coast, with an excellent new record, Existing the Dream. And uh, Jeff, we're going to cover all of that and maybe even more. But first, I want to ask you, how are you doing today? I, I'm doing actually pretty good today. Where do you live? Are you living in uh, Southern California still? Yeah, Southern California. I'm in Culver City, which is uh, east of Venice Beach. Yeah, south of Los Angeles. It's, 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 it's not bad. Yeah, I've been there before. And now I understand a little bit about California. It seems you make a choice, Orange County or Los Angeles County, right? Right, right. Yeah, I, I lived in Orange County for the first... Uh, maybe the first 20 years of my life. Do you have a preference, Los Angeles or Orange County? Oh, Los Angeles, for sure. Orange County is a little too shiny, a, a little too, uh, let's say, red for me. Yeah, I, I feel that. You know, If I had to choose, I think I would choose Los Angeles based on uh, 
my time out there, but I'm in New York City now, and we make a choice out here, Brooklyn or Manhattan. Yep. But I mm-hmm. have chosen Brooklyn because it's very noisy. New York City is noisy in general, and uh, I, I would like a little less noise at night, so Brooklyn it is. Right on. Yeah, and then there's people apparently who live in Queens and Staten Island and stuff, but I can't even think about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Jeff? I want to start with uh, Low Coast. Now, I, I've heard this band. I like it a lot. I've uh, I've been reading about it. I like the new record, Existing the Dream. So talk about the beginning of this band. How do you know it's time to start a new band rather than make it a solo thing or maybe a game face thing or maybe some other band? Like talk about uh, the beginning stages of this. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I'm always, I'm always writing songs. Like I've never really never stopped even, you know, from the beginning. And uh, I had, I mean, I'm used to, you know, accumulating a a group of songs and then at the, and then then figuring out at the time, like what, what it is. And a lot, most of the time it's a solo record and I'm trying to like pull people in. I'm trying to, you know, get people to play on the record. Sometimes it's just a real quiet solo thing. Sometimes it's not. When I was uh, trying to get these songs together, um, I'd been in communication with uh, the, the 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 bassist of the band of, um, the, of you know the, the, who would go on to be the bassist of the band, uh, Mike Fratentuno. He's a friend from from Culver City. We you know we our, our kids went to school together. We, you know we we kind of we we really weren't didn't really come up in the same scene, but he's you know been like in indie music. He's he's actually like a, a, a very accomplished like music composer does you know does stuff for film and tv and so we had a lot in common you know as far as like having music in our background interesting thing about him he was the bassist he's the early like the first incarnation of the band the black eyed peas from the 90s hip-hop scene in in la so yeah so he and the drummer who is eventually joined locos they have a business together they score for film and tv and uh, we've been kind of kicking around the idea of playing together in just, you know, and just in some sort of informal way for many, many years, because our f- kids were friends and we seemed to like the same t- type of stuff. And uh, I got him to play on a solo record that I put out a while back called Reset the Sun. It was like a, an EP that was, uh, came out for Record Store Day. And we recorded a lot of this stuff at their studio. And so at, when we started doing that, for me, the the gears were already turning. Like, I, like um, I was thinking, how do how can I get these guys to like, you know, really kind of come into come into my world and you know, as a real as a real thing, you know, rather than just having just like a sort of a hired guy or or like a, a favor. So when I was and it was like you know it, it was uh, I don't know maybe it goes back to twenty nineteen. I don't know the years are a blur at this point, but. Um, yeah, I, I just I had a stack of songs, you know, like I usually do, and uh, I really did think that there was just going to be another another uh, solo record. I was gonna ju- I was just gonna just play acoustic guitar and see who else I could you know get on it and 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 kind of just do what I usually do. I've been you know putting out solo records just kind of on my own, no label, just you know just really. It's more of an art project than a musical career for me, but as um, the, these songs kind of took shape. I just, I, I, you know, I would send them to him. I said, you know, you know, what do you think? Do you, would you want to like collaborate and see what happens? And so not too long after we 
got together. We kind of got in the same room. We had Terrence, the drummer, come in and it just started to sound like a band. They, those guys, and like I said, they come from a different, they have like a different, uh, you know, they just have a different view on on stuff. They have, they, they come from a, a little bit more of a musical background and they do stuff that I was, I really kind of always wanted to do, but never really had the means to, you know, not that Game Face wasn't a talented band, but we are a band that does one thing we do it you know we we have our we have our lane these guys can can jump lanes you know they they just were were really they had no there was no shortage of ideas so as we started you know playing the, with these songs it just it was just really apparent that it that this this thing needed to be its own band that's the long i guess that's the long answer so once you decide it's going to be its own band what do you like sit down together and come up with a name and uh, and kind of a concept for the album and everything i i mean that that kind of stuff's like kind of always in the back of my mind i'm always thinking you know i, I i'm thinking about the artwork i'm thinking about the band name i'm thinking about all the all the visual stuff at the same time so i i had always kind of i'd always been that that's always been my thing and so um they were they, they kind of left that kind of stuff to me they didn't it, they, it wasn't like you know we didn't have a we didn't have a list of of names and and we didn't have to vote or anything I, but i just said after when i felt good about the name i just said what about this name and they said we love it it's great let's let's yeah it wasn't there wasn't a lot of deliberation when it came to that sort of thing and also the the art and the sort of visual side of the stuff i'm a graphic designer i, I do stuff like that all the time so that's kind of in my wheelhouse too but thankfully everyone was just sort of on you know kind of on board with the aesthetic and and just the you know like you know everything that sort of went along with the music everyone really brought it when it came to like putting their stamp on the songs and uh throwing me curveballs you know kind of getting me out of my comfort zone and and giving me new ideas to think about everyone kind of like really came together uh, for that yeah because it's uh it's different from i think what we're used to jeff like it's uh it doesn't sound like melodic punk or some hardcore adjacent thing no no it's it's you know it's it's not and and i and and i guess unapologetically um that's that's just kind of where where i am right now like I, I i love this record i love the band and it's not yeah it's it's there's there's not a lot of i know um you know hardcore is a broad term you know in in some respect this still can kind of fit fit in that world because that, that, that's where i came from and the and the the ethos is there but it you know if you put it against a uh you know something on like classic rock radio and it's it, it kind of holds up next to that too. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if the spirit is there, if the people are there, you can always draw that comparison. Like I, I don't know. Like Fiddlehead doesn't sound like a hardcore band, but the soul is there. Yeah, and yep. the history is there. So you, you, I don't know. You can always make a connection, for sure. So uh, how does it feel having uh, these friends in on this with you? Are they aware of your past and? game face and everything you've done i mean it's a, it's a new collection of people yeah yeah they they um they they, they definitely get it and uh, you know like and the thing is like when we were doing early on in, in game face the other guys you know at least the bass player and the drummer and also our, our keyboard player who we just added they were on the warp tour with black eyed peas playing with 
Sublime and No Doubt and all you know all the bands that we ended up playing with you know right around the same time. So it, we, our worlds kind of did cro- you know kind of cross. We ne- we had never met until you know until recently, but uh, they you know that the, the two scenes are not too far from each other. I like that. Yeah, that's I was going to ask about that in terms of game face, like the types of shows you played and the types of bands you played with, because I hear a lot of different influences. Like we could operate in the satellite world of hardcore and hardcore adjacent bands and play with Sam I Am and Jawbreaker and Face to Face and Farside. And we know you played with those bands and we're friends with some of them. But there's also a lot of that Southern California melodic punk thing going on. So were you playing with like any of those type of bands, Blink-182, Slick Shoes, I don't know where they're from, but like all that melodic punk stuff that was going on. We, I mean, we, like in the, I guess in the early 90s when we started, we, we, I think we just played any show we could get. And so, yeah, we played with a, a lot of, we played a, a lot with the, of the new wave of pop punk melodic stuff. Our hearts were more in the uh, hardcore world. We, you know, we, we, we certainly like felt more at home playing with Sam I Am and Farside and Jawbreaker than we did with, you know, uh, Blink One Eighty Two or Pennywise or those types of bands. I, I never really felt like we really belonged in in that sort of that in that world. Like you know, we we were not we did not sound like a Fat Records band. But we also it was, I mean, we also it was we're a little kind of out of our lane being on. Revelation. I mean, maybe not at the at the exact time we were, but if 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 you you know when you talk when you talk about Revelation, Gameface is not the first band that that, that comes to mind. So, um, and then we spent some time on Doctor Strange Records, which is also maybe a little bit more st- um, leaning towards the more punk punk side of things. So I felt like we never had a real solid home. We fit with a lot of bands like we played it we played with we, we you name it we played with them we you know like the ska punk thing and the and you know like we, we you know even played with some like you know power pop bands and pretty much did it all which you know now looking like at, at the time it was kind of hard it was good because you it, it felt we did feel kind of lonely because we were not exactly it, we didn't exactly fit in any one scene but we uh but i guess you know uh, lo- looking back now I feel like it was a good thing that we kind of ride between and, and, but, you know, but there were moments where we felt like, oh, I wish that we were like totally in that crew with, with you name it, like, you know, all the, the, the hardcore bands that we, that we liked or, you know, or the, you know, it's, but yeah, like, I guess 30 years later, I kind of, I guess it's kind of a badge of honor. Now that we're older and have more perspective, that would make me happy if I didn't sound like everybody else and was doing my own thing. But when I was younger, I just wanted to fit in and be blowing up with all the other bands that were blowing yep. up. Like there was this yep. whole uh, prog emo delay rock thing that was starting to happen in 2004 when I joined my first band mm-hmm. and I was in like a more traditional sounding rock band. And I was like, oh no, I want to do what they're doing. Yeah. They're getting on the good shows. Everything's happening for them. I feel out of place, but you know, that's just part of being young. Totally. And, you know, and, and then all the time, like, you know, Game Face is doing what we're doing I wanted to be a little bit more of a jangly Americana rock band. And so, I mean, I, and I know that, I mean, we had our share of reviews that uh, would mention the Gin Blossoms or Matchbox 20 or Goo Goo Dolls as an insult. But every time I read that, I thought, yeah, I, I can hear that. I like, I mean, I've, I was not, it didn't seem like an insult to me. 
No. That why would that be an insult? Well, I'm, well, I'm I'm sure it was meant it was meant as an insult, you know, by by these by the various reviewers. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, like I don't perceive it as an insult. I guess uh, I guess those bands were not uh, cool anymore, quote unquote. Right on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so Low Coast. So Existing the Dream just came out May 26th on Spartan Records. That's a great label. So that must be great. You know, you bring these guys in, we have this great record. We're on a great label, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all 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 seems all, all seems uh, everything in the right in its right place. Yeah. What's uh what's the plan? Like do you plan to tour a lot or just play as many shows as you can? Like what what are you envisioning? Uh yeah, yes and yes. Like we right now it's we're really trying to find our place. Again, once again, once again we're not really, you know, in a designed lane and I just I don't know where I don't know where the band fits. I don't want to just play with the same bands that for instance, you know, bands that Gameface would play with. I don't know if that's the right move. I feel like we. I feel like the, this band needs to make a diagonal move. At, you know, at least. So right now, I'm just kind of looking around and seeing if there are other bands that we can align ourselves with. Um, and it hasn't been as easy as I thought. But and also being of the age that we are, we're, we we are a little more mobile uh, than we than I. Than I was maybe ten years ago when when we we were right in the heart of you know raising kids and and you know where you know where touring wasn't a, wasn't really an option but now I feel like you know in this the time in our in our lives in the band we do have a little bit more freedom to to get out and and do it if if the opportunity were to come yeah how many kids do you have just one how old nineteen oh yeah so uh, off to college now you'll have more time to do stuff yep. Yeah, that's nice. that's the thing. So you grew up in Orange County. Where exactly again? Uh, I grew up in Irvine, California. Yeah, Orange County, um, home to uh, Farside, Hard Stance, Inside Out, all, all those you know straight edge bands of the late eighties, early nineties. Were you into that? Were you going to those kind of shows? Uh, yeah, well, I like when my first introduction to, you know, the punk and hardcore scene, it was probably 1987. Um, I was a sophomore in high school and, uh, just sort of figuring out like, I, you know, I was coming off of being a, a metal kid in junior high, discovering this, uh, you know, other, this other stuff. And, um, I didn't know about the, the OC scene quite yet, but, uh, I had, uh, my locker was below this other guy's locker. He was like, I think he was a two two years ahead of me. So he was a senior. I was a sophomore. Inside of his locker were all these flyers, like for you know all these bands, bands I hadn't heard of, really heard of yet. Um, Adolescence, Agent Orange, The Descendants, uh, you know, Black Flag, you know, you, you name it, all of the you know a lot of West Coast stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's that seems cool. And so I, somehow I don't remember how you know I ended up you know asking or we just we ended up becoming friends. He showed me some you know he let me borrow some records, Seven Seconds and Verbal Assault and and you know, a, a lot of the, just the the cool stuff that I would just end up just you know really loving for the rest rest of my life. And I went to about the first my first punk show in 1987. 
seven seconds. Um, and we, and then we saw tons of, tons of bands, DI, uh, uh, like, like, all, you know, all the, all the West coast stuff. Did you ever actually see inside out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Game Face played with inside out, but this is, you know, really? yeah, this is actually, yeah, this is, you know, this is a few years later, but like, or so my, my introduction to that and kind of like understanding the punk scene was, was that I did hear like, you know, when I was in junior high, I, I was like approached by a, a, a kid with a Walkman with a mixtape and he said, Hey, you like metal or you like aggressive music. You might like this. And he put the headphones on my head and it was like all this punk. It was probably like subhumans and English dogs and like, you know, stuff that was a little bit not, you know, a little outside of what I ended up really being into. But that was, that was my first introduction to the, okay, here's a, here's, you know, some aggressive music that doesn't make me totally weird, you know, like weird out because, you know, I was in Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Black Sabbath. And I thought that you had to be into like witchcraft or, or, you know, or or wear a cloak or, you know, like it was just, it was so, you know, it just, it didn't connect with me lyrically. There used to be such a mystique around all of that. Oh yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't have enough leather to, to, you know, to really say I'm a Judas Priest fan. But I mean, and 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 that that stuff. I mean, there's still some records that, to this day, are some of my also some of my favorites. I, I mean, I love I love Ronnie James Dio and just about everything he ever did. And but and, but when I did when I was turned on to punk music and to bands that that looked like guys that that you know looked looked like me that were you know just seemingly normal guys playing you know aggressive and 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 at times really melodic and cool music. That really, that's what that was it for me. Yeah, that's what hooked me. I couldn't handle all the aggression at first. It was cool to see live. I went to like one local show and I was like, all right, this is cool. But then I would hear it on record and be like, eh. But then when I heard the combination of aggression and melody mm-hmm. that some bands were doing, I was like, yes, yeah. now this is I, this I can get into. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I, I always really appreciate. Like I loved going to see like a lot of the hardcore bands, like Youth of Today, and and you know the, all that that and you know everything that comes along with that. But I would seldom listen to it on record. You know, for me, it was like the more melodic thing, seven seconds and really anything that, that, that anything with the, with the singer, like when, when, I don't know when, I think it was 88 or whenever the new, the, the album new wind from seven seconds came out and everyone was really up in arms about, Oh my God, the seven seconds is trying to sound like you too. And they're all, they, they all, they went, but for me, I was like, Oh my God, this is like, I feel like I've just been, been born. Like that, that was the, that was my sort of thing. Like, okay, the, now I know that this is a, a path that I can take. That's interesting. See, uh, you know, I know uh, you met the guys in Game Face in high school and you guys were into hardcore, right? Yeah. Yep. So my, my, I was wondering, like, how did you end up starting a band like Game Face if you're all into hardcore? But it sounds like you were erring more on the side of melodic stuff. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we all, we all like loved and appreciated that, but I feel, but I, but for all of us, I think that when it came to like the, really the, the music that's, you know, in our guts, like me and, and Todd, the other original member, other, you know, the guitarist, he and I were like, we, 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 we met in junior high and we bonded over, you know, like Van Halen and Billy Idol and, 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 you know, and just that kind of, but then when we started hanging out more, we would just go to rant, go to random record stores and just 
find stuff that we thought that looked cool. We didn't have any idea like what, you know, like we didn't really understand the, the way that the scene was broken down. We stumbled across these power pop bands, like this band called the Gumbies, this band called uh, Candy, which is a band, Gilby Clark from, uh, I think he played in uh, Guns N' Roses later on. But, um, but we, and we let, well, like we loved the alarm and the clash and, and stuff that was, um, you know, a little bit more, I guess, you know, a little bit more pop music, pop music with really with something to say with a message and, and, and with the spirit of punk. So we, that's the kind of thing we said, okay, this is the direction we want to go. We also were, were heavy into, go, you know, going to see, I guess at the time it wasn't de- this descendants. They had broken up because Milo had left. But we we were seeing all we were seeing big drill car we were seeing the chemical people down by law that was like right around the time when Game Face formed and so that those were the shows that we were going to where we were like okay this seems like our 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 scene you know I loved all that melodic stuff all that I mean big drill car I don't know if they they know I know they never made it big on the East Coast but they were they were a big deal. Uh, out here on the West Coast in the, I guess, the late 80s, early 90s. But yeah, h- highly, highly influential to Game Face. Yeah, yeah. Now I can envision it now because I've had uh, Dave Smalley on the show and he obviously talked about the bands he's in mm-hmm. and, you know, the scene out there. Yeah. So I, I can see it now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Game Face gets started after, right after high school, right? Yeah. Like, uh, well, the, so. The the sort of connecting thing is me and Todd were we went to the same high school. We had a, we had a few you know just garage bands in in high school. I played in a well Todd and I played in a, a band in high school, but I also had another band with those with the guy that I told you about who you know had the locker above me. They're a little older. They kind of introduced punk to me. They were they I think they were playing. They were auditioning for the talent show at my high school. And they were playing a song by MIA, um, the, the Southern California MIA. And I remember like walking by, you know, the, the, the portable out in the, you know, and, and listening like, oh my, I know that song. And like, and the, and like, I was like, I wish I, I was like, I can sing that song. Like, you know, that, 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 that could be me. And not, you know, not more than a few months later, the singer for that band uh, quit and then uh, they asked me to to sing, and so I had a band with some older guys in high school. And, and my first little sort of introduction to being in a band was a band called No Such Thing. We we played punk covers. We played uh, we uh, Agent Orange, Soulsa Distortion. We did like a punk version of If You Leave by OMD. We did a couple Seven Seconds songs. Uh, we, we we were named after the song No Such Thing by Agent Orange. Um, so we did a lot of that, and we also ha- we also had a, a few um, originals, and we we uh, made a seven inch. By the time those the two guys, the older guys, graduated, we had reco- that that summer we recorded a seven inch. So that's floating around there, and and those songs are super new wavy. Those those songs sound like uh, REM and U two. So if you're in high school and you're in a band with seniors and i guess you're a sophomore are you, are is that cool like are, are are you like somewhat popular in high school because of this i imagine that like if you're doing that now you are but in in 1988 it was not cool <laughs> no <laughs> was it, it, it still like jocks versus everyone yeah. back oh then? yeah yeah it, it, it was weird and not cool i you know again running the 
in different lanes. I played sports uh, and I, and I, you know, did punk music. And so um, I never really felt a a strong allegiance to a lot of the jocks. Although, you know, there was a group of friends that were, those were my, my guys, but then there was also a few other, you know, another group that I maybe felt more at my, you know, felt a little more my, myself with, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I I really tried to kind of be everything to everyone. Yeah, you know, when I went to high school, I graduated in 2000. It it was not cool to be in a band or to really be into music. Like the quote-unquote cool people listen to Dave Matthews Band (laughs) and I guess like classic rock, which I was just not into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, it it was like, it was not a cool thing to be involved with. Yeah, it was was definitely uncool when I was there. And and I'm I guess that puts me about 10 years older than you. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 41. So I guess you're 51. Uh, yep. 52. I just turned 52 um, a couple months ago. Oh well. Happy late birthday. Thank you. So the, yeah, those guys you were in the band with in high school. Once they graduated, they left, and that was it for the band, right? Yo. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was done. And they, um, one of yeah, one of them. I had a a side project in 1995 called March, and uh, the guitarist from my band in high school played uh, in, in that band. Oh, nice. Yeah. Had it been a long time since you saw him? How did you guys reconnect? Uh, he, he'd been around. I mean, we just, you know, we still kind of lived in Southern California. And again, like, uh, you know, Game Face was already a, a band. We were kind of on our way. We had toured. We, you know, we put out a record or two. Right. But I always had a soft spot for that sort of like jangly Americana style music. And he and I, like, you know, he and I sort of shared, you know, our love for REM and, and, you know, at the time, like Sunvold and Whiskey Town and, all, you know, all those sort of like alt country bands. And we, so that was our thing, like, hey, let's, let's do a thing. Let's do a project where we can play that kind of stuff. You know, it'll be a nice little side thing for, for me. Uh, the guys in Game Face did not like that I was doing a, another band at, at, at that time. But, 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 you know, I get it. You know, when, when you're, when you're that age, your band is your, that's your crew and that's your, your, you know, your partner. And you don't want to see, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to see your, your buddy being distracted with another, uh, you know, another creative project. So, but, but that was a, something that, that was something that I really, I feel like I felt like I needed to do at the time. And that was certainly a seed for what, what I'm doing now with, with low coast. Oh yeah, because low coast definitely has that uh, Americana sound. So that's it's really scratching that itch for you now. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So game face. So you get started after high school. What happens? Do you just start playing local shows and uh, and building things up around in California? Yeah, yeah. We we. I mean, at first we were just playing whatever we could get, like really janky, you know, like backyard shows and parties, and uh, we didn't really land a show in the scene until i and i i I don't know this was in irvine we we got we you know we we kind of got friendly with the guys in far side and i don't remember if inside out played this garage show but i know it was far side and game face we we did it we did this show in a garage it's probably 1990 we had just graduated high school we just kind of just putting together our thing and um, and that was like, you know, that was like, after that, it was like, Hey, you know, like that was, you know, I met Popeye. I was like, you and I are going to be best friends and you know, the rest is history. But yeah, that, and so we were, we, we were the sort of, we got sort of, uh, 
brought in by that Orange County hardcore scene. Although not everyone was stoked about us because we didn't, we weren't playing hardcore. Not everyone got it, but that was, that was sort of our home. And then from then, you know, we ended up playing a lot of, you know, we, you know, up and down mostly in Southern California. And we did play a lot of shows with hardcore bands. Like our first proper uh, show at like, you know, like at a proper venue was in Long Beach and Inside Out was, it was Inside Out and One Step Ahead and World Trust, which was Caton from Hyrax. He he was a metal guy. He did um, this sort of like hip hop punk band called World Trust. He went on to do the band um, House of Suffering. Do we we remember that at all? Anyway, so that was our first introduction to like really being in the scene. And then from then we just started playing with, you know, whoever, but a lot of hardcore stuff, but then a lot of like, you know, we would play shows with the offspring or, but you know, long before they were big, but you know, bands, you know, like the, the punk bands, the ska punk bands, the hardcore bands, we were kind of, we could kind of jump scenes and play with whoever. And we did that for a few years. And then we, you know, we, I think we did our first tour in 92. How was uh, seeing Inside Out? There's a lot of mythos around them now, and I was obviously way too young to ever catch them. But I mean, how were those shows? I think that for me, I mean, for me, they did sort of. I mean, I, I would I would say believe the hype. It was like, yeah, people were losing their minds. Like uh, there was like people were you know just crying and freaking out, and you know Zach. You know, they they I think they would play five songs, but there would be a lot of you 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 would learn a lot <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of talking a lot of screaming a lot, you know a lot of lecturing uh but you were you, you, but you fucking believed every word of it and it, yeah it they those were those were i mean i think i only saw them like four times maybe five but yeah i i i say believe it and and you could tell you could tell that i mean like had i known then or had you know if i were if i could see where Zach was going you could see you could see it already like like it, it just it made sense like this 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 guy does not is not going to be contained in a in a VFW hall in a, in the hardcore scene right right that's what i like to imagine just a lot of intensity people losing their minds you know that that's what i imagine when i see those pictures or see some of the old grainy footage yep yeah so game face does their first tour in 92 you said I believe so. What'd you do? Did you do up and down California or did you get out? What'd you do? Yeah, we actually, we went East. We went East and we went, I think that we did half of it with, with Farside. Um, we got to like Midwest, the Midwest and then they, I think they took off elsewhere. But I, and our thing was we wanted, you know, we had a, a like a, a week or, or, or more shows on the East coast. We, 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 we thought we're booked. And once we got out there, we've re- we found out that you know. And then, of course, you know, I'm going to sound like back in you know the the back in my day guy that you know, like <laughs> you had to get out, you had to get out the van, you had to go to a payphone, you had to call the guy and ask like, hey, what's what's going on? And so the I, and I don't remember the details, but I but the 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 gist of the story is that our entire East Coast week was never booked, and we just had thought it was. So we ended up getting to. Uh, Richmond, Virginia, and we stayed there for about a week. Who did you stay with? We What'd sta- you do? Uh, we stayed with with Aaron Aaron Edge, uh, who at, at the time I can't remember. Uh, see, all the all the, all this stuff is a blur. Like uh, the band the band he was in, and 
he was super nice. We had a really great time. And, um, but we, yeah, I think we just made a lot of phone calls and tried to figure out what to do. And then we, yeah, we never, we did never, never made it like up to New York or, you know, that, that we didn't make, make, we didn't make it there until the couple years later when we toured with, uh, Texas is the reason in 95. Yeah. I believe that was the first time that we properly hit the East Coast. And again, this all could be wrong. A lot of this stuff is, it's written down somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, recalling it all is, is, is tough on the spot. But yeah, that, 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 that seems about right. But a lot of character was built on our first, first tour where, you know, things did not quite go like we we wanted it to, but we there were some there were some epic shows and some amazing friends we made and and it really it you know it, we we came home still with you know this terrible experience, but still like we love you know like we loved what we were doing we loved the band we love you know it was like we 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 caught that bug so it, it, it we we were certainly. It you know it 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 set us up for the next the next ten years. When you find out there's no tour and you're out on the East Coast, like did did you end up playing any shows or were you just stuck there for a week and then you went home? They I think that we we got something thrown together for us in um, in Virginia and uh, I think that was it. And then we yeah and then we then after a while we just turned around and I think we played uh, we might we might play like South Carolina or something. But then but then yeah then we just went back west. We I think I know we played a. Uh, like uh, Arkansas and Texas and uh, Colorado, and just just sort of made our made our way home. Yeah, what an adventure, right? No internet. You're like you're working off of paper maps, making phone calls. You probably haven't been to the a lot of these places before, and you just got you just got to figure it out. Insane, yeah. Just the, those the huge Thomas guides or or the atlases or whatever the hell they you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, kids today have it way too easy. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I caught like a little bit of that. I went on one national tour and then one like East Coast Midwest in two th- in 2002 and 2003. Mm-hmm. And s- having a cell phone was still like pretty rare. So there was a couple of cell phones floating around, but there, you know, you couldn't get internet on the cell phone. You're still working off yeah. paper maps. So at least I'm glad I got to experience some of that like unknown yeah. exploratory yeah, yeah. danger. Yeah. Yeah, we you know we you know we were pay phones for that first six years, and we had the the uh, what we called the dialer. Ah, uh, yes, the, uh, the dialers. You know, <laughs> we, 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 and I don't. I still to this day I don't understand. I, I never understood how that worked, but I I, I know if you uh, held it up to the payphone, it would um, you know we put money in there for you, and that's how we that's how we survived. Right, Game Face. Your was Bob uh, Bob Binkley the original drummer? Yeah. Yeah. So he tragically committed suicide in 1994. What um correct. I mean that must have been a huge blow to the band. How long how long did you know him? Well, I knew him, you know, at the beginning the band started in 1990. And, yeah. we, and we, we like and, and so the the band is it's two two sets of high school buddies. Me and Todd were in um Irvine and then mm-hmm. Bob and Paul we're from Anaheim, and maybe that maybe that's like thirty minutes away. So you know, we we weren't from the same city, but we met it. We we we, we the two of the, the the two pairs. We would always meet at the same shows. Like every time we me and Todd went to a show, we would see Paul and Bob. And so we knew after a few months of like, oh yeah, they're at, they're, of course they're at this show. And like you know, like so we knew that they were like 
we were simpatico. You know, we we uh, we like the same stuff, and so that's yeah. We I guess it was the summer after we graduated high school, or or somewhere somewhere around then. Um, but yeah, so we we were pretty tight. Like we were really very. You know, like I said, like when, when you have your first band, your first real band, you you are your your people, and we felt very connected to each other. It was a, you know, four years of you know really bonding, and so it was rough. It, it was and and we you know we Bob struggled with drugs. Um, we didn't know how to. We didn't know how to deal with it. We did, we didn't know how to, like. I mean, it, it was a drug issue as much as it was a mental health issue, and it was really hard for us to to recognize like what was the right way to do. I don't know. Like, I, every time I think about it, it makes me sad. But it, but it also like I I I I think you know if I were a little bit more in tune to that type of thing, like if we were, you know, like I think today, you know, this day and age, we've made some progress and recognizing these things or being just being more sympathetic and being more um it's just it's anyhow yeah it this this spiraled so quickly and so out of control we didn't really know what hit us and you know and and bob was acting really weird very paranoid um for a few months and we didn't know what to you know, we didn't really understand how to deal with it and and then it was it was then it was just too late right no i i mean understandable for anyone that young to not know what to do but i i have a history with that as well and i know from experience and well at least in terms of drugs like you can't help somebody unless they want to help themselves right right yeah cuz i yeah. i've been there i've been that guy all fucked up and my friends are like picking me up and dropping me off at home mm-hmm. and my parents are like what the fuck are you doing and all that so that's one end of it and the the mental health angle that's uh i mean that's a big question mark right it's yeah. like what's going on do i need to be medicated but people weren't really having these conversations back in 1994 certainly to the degree Certainly not to the degree that we are now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even now, like, I'm not sure if I'm super equipped to to deal with it. But back then, I was, you know, I was 19 years old, and yeah, uh, yeah it was it was it was rough. And so it, yeah, it messed us up. And but the three of us, you know, after you know, I mean, we we really we we had well, I feel like we had to hold on to that, you know, at least to to the bond, and and and, and we we really felt like continuing the band was like the best way to deal you know like i feel like like it would have been extra sad if we would have just had to walk away from from that but right yeah so we we and i'm glad i'm glad we did because because we did in subsequent years like we're touring and meeting people and talking a little bit about it like you know the our our album three to get ready kind of touches a little bit on it at least there's like a there's a there's a there's some a tribute to him and we you know there's i i allude to 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 bob uh, in a few songs those songs really did speak to people and 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 whether you know it was out there for everyone to understand like what like exactly what was going on i think people got it because i really did meet a lot of people that that really really connected with that record and 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 and, and kind of understood what we were trying to get at without re, you know really just saying it outright but yeah that was a it, that was an i think it was an important healing thing for for us and uh you know it just it really yeah it just it just it, it gave it gave me sort of a purpose for for making music 
you know, we, it, it's, it's, it's kind of been, it's kind of has been like a guiding force ever since really, you know, trying to, you know, connect with people and, 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 uh, you know, and just, and, and share and, and, and so, yeah. 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 I mean, it sounds like this is what you guys do playing music, writing music. That's how, that's how you're going to get through this thing too. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how it, that's, that's my story for sure. Right. So we know the band went on to sign with uh, Revelation Records, and we put out Every Last Time in 1999, yes? Yep. Mm -hmm. And this is when you got on my radar, because I got into hardcore and, I guess, emo and, you know, all that stuff. 98, 99, 2000 was when I was really discovering all of this stuff. And uh, Texas is the Reason, one of my favorite bands. And then that brings me to Revelation Records, and then there's you guys, and shades apart and all kinds of interesting stuff happening at that time. So talk about that time. I mean, good pairing you guys in Revelation Records were we were we uh, happy with the record? Were we happy with that time? Yeah, I mean the 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 timing was right. You know, we were it was it was Texas is the reason. Well, Texas I guess Texas had already broken up, but Yes. um it was uh Farside and Sensefield and and it, it it's it's yeah, it seemed like, and also, you know, being kids that grew up loving hardcore, loving everything that Revelation did, it, for me, it was like, this is, you know, this, this is where I, I always kind of wanted to be. I don't know if it was the 100% right move. Game Face has never been known for our uh, business decisions, but we, we led with our heart and, you know, and that, and that's, that's, yeah, we we really we really wanted to be on Revelation, and uh, yeah, and I think it did take some convincing. Um, even even so, you know, even even sort of being in that world and ha having toured with Farside and and, and Sensefield and you know Texas and being in that crew, I know Jordan was like I, uh, he wasn't really he wasn't like completely sold until we we brought him to um, our band practice, and I had just started playing second guitar. And uh, we, you know, we, we said we're going to play you our new, the new album. We're going to play you the whole, the whole thing, the you know, all all the new stuff. I was playing guitar, and we kind of that summer, like we, you know, whenever I don't, I don't know exactly where, where the time works out, but that that time period, we made a choice to like we we we're not going to be this pop punk band. We're going to be the band, you know, we're going to be the the rock band that we always wanted to be. So yeah, that was our that was our jump, and we thought that you know jumping to to Revelation made more sense than staying with Doctor Strange, which was you know st uh, still kind of going off in a more of a you know pop punk direction. So yeah, that was I, that was that's what happened. <laughs> How did people respond to Every Last Time? That's certainly one of my favorites, and I like I really like the direction the band went at that time because I'm. I'm not the pop punk is kind of really hit or miss for me, you know. Like yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't love it. all of it. Yeah, it, no, it, it can. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I can't say I'm a huge fan of a lot of it. You know, there's. It's, it's got to be a certain. It's got to have like a. I don't know. There, there is a, a something about like I, I can spot it a mile away, but I can't really explain it. But um, I, 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 I can, I can tell you that you know, there, there's a few bands that kind of like make it through that that test. Yeah, when I was younger, I liked Newfound Glory a lot. They're actually still really good. I saw them. What was it? Two years ago, uh, last year at Furnace Fest, and they just blew every. You know, they just blew me away. But uh, they're good. Blink One Eighty Two, of course, they're the best. 
uh, Knuckle Puck, I like them. So I don't, I don't know what it is exactly, but you know, uh, there's some examples of some very good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's, it's all, it's, it all has its place. Yeah. But yeah, we, um, so yeah, we were really happy to be on Rev. And, uh, so yeah, that puts us right around the end of the century and we did it. We did two albums with Rev and, and, and an EP. We did a, a split with, um, Air Type 11. And, uh, you know, a, a, after going on tour with them, I think that was the, our every last time touring time. We, we did a West or no, an East Coast and a Southern leg with, with them. And we really, we really bonded with those guys. And they're another band where I feel like we're not, you know, guys from the hardcore scene have all the hardcore credentials that you can ask for, but they're playing rock music. They're playing like melodic, heavy, you know, memorable stuff. And we, we, that's what we really connected with them as people and as, as a band uh, during that time. That was, I think that was probably the summer of 99. Or maybe even two thousand. It's it's like again, it's all a blur. Yeah, it's hard to remember back that far at this point. <laughs> yeah, like the the middle two thousands. I don't know, like two thousand four, two thousand five. I barely remember those at all. Oh yeah, I have no idea what I was doing. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Once my kid was born, I got. I, I, it's 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 all kind of a a blur up until the last few years. I can kind of like I can recount that stuff. <laughs> so Game Face goes on strong to about 2003. We put out four to go on Doghouse and broke up shortly after that. Yeah, very, very shortly after. We, I mean, and the thing is, we, or at least I, I was pretty aware that that was going to be going to be it. I didn't realize how quickly we were going to implode after the the record came out. But um, I think we were just all at a at an age where it was either are we going to get a real job and start a family or are we going to pursue this band for you know for for as as a career and we we all all of us could not make we 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 weren't we were not all the, on the same page so you were like around 30 at the time yeah so what what is your life like at the time like i mean are are you struggling to get by did you want to get something more steady and have a family like where did you what did you think about all this for me i was i just started my career i i got, got i got like a real job in the you know graphic design world working for an agency and uh was married was entertaining the idea of having a child um and that's where some of us were and some of us were either past that or just it just wasn't it wasn't a factor and so and also at the time we were dysfunctional enough to not really even want to talk about that we just would sort of vibe each other until you know it, yeah it just it, it it wasn't great it really took us we didn't we never we never really talked it out we didn't talk it out we didn't under, we didn't understand each other we didn't understand why we were feeling the way we were feeling we never really articulated like hey I really love this band, but it's not going to be a career, and and I still want to do it if 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 we can just do it in the at the capacity that I'm able to. But for some, it would that that wasn't enough. It would it, it that would it were I were at least it was perceived that it wasn't going to be enough. But like I said, we never really talked it out. We just sort of just uh, kicked that can down the road, and then all of a sudden, weren't we just weren't talking, and then we didn't talk for almost a decade. Really, it, it was it was really weird, um, and sad. And but we did. The thing is that when we finally 
you know, there might have been like a, an email or you know, like a or something. I, I again, it's 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 it. All this stuff is a blur. But we did finally. Obviously, it did happen. We got kind of got all back in the same room in 2012 or maybe even before that. But just to just to talk. And we just said, let's. Not, we're not going to talk about the band. We're just going to hang. And then we we were finally kind of able to say, oh yeah, this is why I was being a dick, or you know, this is this is why, you know, we kind of understood each other because all that stuff, all those things that we couldn't articulate, and we that we were that we, that were sort of building up, all that stuff had already happened. Like you know, all those you know the the career, the family, the you know all those things that were swirling around all of our brains. We had already kind of figured that we 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 had the time to figure it out, and so then you know we you know cut to you know 2012 or whatever. We were like, I really miss playing music with you guys. Let's just get in a room and see if we can do it. And of course, the moment we got back in, it, it all came back, and it was it was great. And we actually I think feel like we sounded better than we ever did. And I had said, okay, let's just play the old songs, like you know we, we, the Revelation 20. Fifth anniversary show was coming up, and we said, "Okay, let's just you know we'll we'll play. Let's just play every last time. Let's just just do the the whole album." And we learned that, and then we like, well, you know, I also like these songs, and so we also, we started adding all these old, other old songs, and we're like, "Oh shit!" By the time you know we got kind of got ready for that, we we had like all these we were playing all the hits, and it was really fun. And then we did the Revelation show, and then I was like, uh, "I don't really want to, but I think I have a new song." <laughs> do you guys want to hear it? And then they're like, okay. And then of course, then, you know, cut to three months later, we've got like, you know, 10 songs. And, and so we, you know, yeah. And I, I really did not. And, but that, I think it, it happened in the best way because I really, I really did not want to do the comeback album. I think it really happened for the right reasons. Cause we really did. It was, I was, it was inspiring. It was inspiring to be like, with those guys again. And like, and I had things I wanted, I, I you know, like, like that record uh, that's now is what matters. Now it came out on um, equal vision. I think in 2013 or 14, I feel like I said everything I wanted to say on that record. And I, and that, that, that anyway, it was, that was a big, it was a big release for me. It was a, you know, a cathartic thing and, and, and we were able to kind of all get back on the same page and none of the things that drove us apart were factors anymore. So that was a good time. What was it with um, some of the other guys? I guess some people just wanted to keep touring for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and the, yeah, we really didn't. Yeah. It was like, well, I know, you know, one, one was, yeah, was like, the, I want to make this, I want to make this more of a career. I want to actually get, try to make a living out of it. And, and I was like, I, I, I don't even, th- if, even if we, even if we tried really hard, I don't, th- I don't even know if that's possible. Right. So, um, yeah, we just, we just couldn't, we definitely couldn't agree on that. But now that, you know, now that that's none of those, none of those problems are worth having anymore, then all the, all that's left is, playing music and you know just doing it for all, all the right reasons. Yeah, for some reason when you're younger it 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 has to be all or nothing. But that that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can just like be a band when you can and play shows when you can when you're older. Yeah. Why didn't we know that we could do that when we were younger too? Uh, yeah, I mean I, I I do feel like we we may have I don't know. I I I think about this every once in a while. I know that it's worthless to think about it, but Game Face may have broken up 
too well our first time we broke up we broke up too late i think we kind of dragged it out a little too long but then we didn't but then we didn't get back together soon enough to kind of capitalize on the what was happening in in music because i think we we were gone too long to really come in and and come back in i don't know it's 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 i guess it's really not worth uh um you know speculating but you know there's a, you know, a lot of bands we, we definitely have seen a lot of bands just run circles around us that were kind of doing a similar thing they didn't they came along a little bit after us um and it's sometimes it's hard to like to look at them and be like uh and you know just be cool with 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 them you know selling like hundreds of thousands of records and you know right. and, and, and and us being this very small niche band i mean again again i i do sort of wear that as a badge of honor most of the time, but every once in a while, you know, I think like, fuck, I, you know, I wish I had, you know, I wish we had like, you know, the, I like, I wish we had get up kids stees or, you know, or, <laughs> or, uh, you know, it, yeah, there, there's, but yeah, there, I, I, it's definitely, it's, it's not worth, it's not worth, you know, talking like that though. No, but it's, it's, it's perfectly normal to have thoughts like that. And if I was in your position, I would have thought that too, because, you know, I was never in a band that toured nationally and did as much as Game Face did or any of your other bands. But if, yeah, if my peers were selling hundreds of thousands of records or jumping on major labels or like all these big things were happening and it wasn't happening for me, especially when I'm younger, I'd be like, well, what the hell am I doing wrong? Like, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. No, we, I mean, I've, 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 <laughs> it's all, it's all gone through my head. That's that's for sure. But I think good. Game Face <laughs> just didn't you like you couldn't check that box. It, it wasn't an emo. It wasn't a really emo sounding band, and it wasn't a really pop punk sounding band. I'm talking like Saves the Day, Newfound Glory, like all that stuff that was going on in '99, 2000. Mm-hmm. It just didn't sound like that stuff. Yep, that's that's fair. Yeah, that was what was like really popular at the time yeah. i guess yeah and, and and we weren't going to sort of follow that because that we we, we knew that that's that's it wouldn't be us and that's just not uh, that's not what we do that's i mean i mean yeah we did we were we were we were playing um uh power pop you know with hardcore bands and so we, we there was really never never our uh our, our we never really set out to like make this a viable career we were just following what was in our gut uh, you know for you know how however we wanted to you know express ourselves and yeah so it's yeah and it really never never was about you know trying to uh, to have a sustainable rock and roll music career yeah and it's weird if you like intentionally try to do something else that's not exactly what you want to do like me i've always just played what comes out right like i i listened to a lot of crazy metallic hardcore in my time but i've never been in a band like that really mm-hmm. uh except for one time for like a year but like i don't know i've always been in like more alt or post hardcore sounding bands that's just that's just what comes out of me yeah and yeah so like you know cut to 2023 and i'm in a you know tom petty meets death cab for cutie sounding band so that's that because that because that's exactly the stuff that moves me exactly and now i'm in a like screamo slash space rock band because i don't know i got together with two guys and that's what comes out when we play right (laughs) that sounds awesome we just have to go where the journey takes us that's right yeah 
Rev 25. I was actually at that show. That was a great show. Did you did you get an offer to play that and then get decide to get back together or were you already back together playing and then they reached out? Yeah, I, I, I that may have been the sort of the impetus that, that got us to really think seriously about doing it. I, yeah, I honestly don't, don't remember. I don't remember what if, if one kind of, you know, pulled the lever for the other. Um, I think we would have, I think that the timing was right. We would have gotten back together anyway. Uh, but it was really nice to have that to have that as our goal to be like okay we're we're we're, we're doing this and then <laughs> we also said we also thought we're just going to do this show and then that was it but of course we started doing much more we played the we, we played the west coast one and the east coast one oh nice yeah that that must have been great right game face wait i saw game face once it was like 1998 in new york city i think and I had never seen Texas is the reason because they were already broken up by the time I got into all this stuff. So Rev 25 was like a huge, huge show for me to see. It must have been great to play, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. Very, very cool. Oh, what's the status of Game Face now? We are, I mean, we're, it's, it's, we're not closing that book, but at the moment, but at the moment, you know, my, my focus is certainly on, on low coast. Um, we would answer the phone if 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 we were getting calls, but we're not getting we're not we're not getting those calls. I feel I feel like um, uh, I mean I don't know if we've like it's just worn out our welcome, but we I feel like we are just underneath that level of band that gets asked to do like the the festivals and the you know like the you know fest and riot riot fest and all those you know those groups that sort of like kind of like will come out of the woodwork for those types of things but we just don't get asked to do those things i think if we were i think if we were like a you know a, another level up we would we would be more active and we would kind of you know it would take you know we would take those opportunities to do those things but we're just we, yeah we just have not we're just not there we're just not and uh i do I do remember the last time we you know we we played last year a couple few times and it, it was it was good it was good not great and um but yeah, I don't think that we're done. But it's uh, yeah, at the moment, it's it's not it's not the focus right now. Gotcha. Yeah. So you'll play uh, when you play. That's it. That, that's that's how it's got to be. Yeah. Well, we have low coast now. That's exciting. So everybody, if you have not heard existing the dream yet, we need to. Right. You you do need to exist that dream. Yeah. I mean, I I feel very strongly about this record and the band and. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's certainly a different thing, but, uh, worth it's, it, I think it's worth your time. So certainly appreciate it if you check it out. Yeah, please. And have you played yet? Have you played out yet? Yeah. Yeah. We played a bunch. We actually, we just played uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. We, we've, we've, we've just playing um, locally. Our first show was last year. We, uh, opened for Elliot when they got back together and they played the, um, they played a few shows on the West coast. We, we, we played with them. Uh, and then we've we've done a, you know just a few local shows. We did this little uh, hometown festival thing uh, on Saturday, uh, just in the city where I live. You know, just kind of like our, our 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 fair, which was interesting. Uh, you know, and but and I like I said, we the band is it's not. I think we can get away with playing different types of stuff because we appeal to different types of people, and so it's it's not it's not totally out of our lane to you know to play like a 
you know, like I said, like a down home festival or, or even, you know, we're okay with being on a punk or a punk adjacent show. We could, we can hang with that too. But yeah, we, we're doing, we have a few, a few things we're playing with, uh, this is, this is a weird one on, on Thursday. We're opening for the band. That's a old seventies glam rock band, um, from, uh, England called the Sweet. They have a few hits you might know, like Ballroom Blitz and uh, Fox, oh, on the, yeah. Fox on the Run, and but they uh, and they are they are going to make us look like the young band on the bill. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're yeah, so we're we're opening for them uh, just here in here in Venice on uh, later the, later in the week. But yeah, we're so we're playing all these eclectic shows, just trying to kind of find out who's you know find out who's who cares, you know. I like that. And it's got to be it's got to be good, right? Because there's not this legacy or all this history. It's a new band. It's its own thing, right? We can just kind of go into it with fresh eyes and figure out what's going on. Yeah. I mean and that's I I talk to, you know, our my bandmates in in Game Face about that time. like, you know, cuz I I feel there's there's a certain amount of like loss of dignity if 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 Game Face plays a, a, sh- a few shows that are kind of not great. Or like if we end up playing some bar where there's a, you know, where 30 people show up and it's, you know, it's, it's not this thing that we, I think you you can get away with, with a new band experimenting and playing, you know, these weird things that may not work out. There's a little bit, there's a little more freedom to do that for game face for this thing that I've built and it's it's become such a part of my identity. It hurts me when when we when we play, and it's you know things don't go the way that I think they should. I feel like that there's you know there's just this there's a, you know there's just a, a lot of a, there's a lot built into the the legacy of, of, of the band. Not like we're a big band. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like we need to kind of be smart about where we do play because I, there I do have like a certain amount of reverence for for Game Face. No, absolutely. It's been a band for a long time. There is a legacy there. There is a lot of great music there. So if I were in your position, I would feel the same exact way. I would want to be very strategic about it for my own protection. Because look, I'm a sensitive person, okay? Uh, My feelings can get hurt easily. I'm talking about me. So uh, I'm protective of myself. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So uh, your favorite train wreck, you collaborated with Popeye from Farside after Game Face was done the first time, yes? Yeah, yeah, that was a, a fun project. Something, I've, something I had been thinking about for many years, even before that. But yeah, that was, that was a good, I mean, I, we, I knew it was going to be a short-lived thing. I, I, I'm pretty sure we all knew it was just going to be one record. But yeah, that was, a, that was good. It was, uh, you know, Popeye's been one of my best friends one of my favorite songwriters, you know, I, I was a fan even, but I guess, I guess I was a fan before we were friends, you know, I was just like, yeah, he's just been my guy. And, and, and so when we had the opportunity to do this, or I had the opportunity to sort of bring him along because I saw that he wasn't writing music. He wasn't really involved in, you know, he, after Far Side, he toured as a the touring guitarist for the Aquabats but it was not fulfilling him creatively. I, he's just such a great songwriter that I, I I felt like I did not want him to waste another year on not writing music. So that's that was my thing. I was like, look, I'm going to start a band. You're going to be in it. We're going to split the songwriting. We're going to both we're both going to sing. I want this to be the funnest 
thing that we've ever done. And it was actually almost the funnest thing. We, it, 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 was, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was, it was work, you know, it was definitely work. Um, but how so? It's just, you know, like uh, trying to get other, the, the other guys, the other, other two, you know, on the same page with us. Uh-huh. Um, and then, but also um, Popeye is not, not, maybe not as prolific as I, as I am, or as I w- even wanted him to be. And so I was, I was always just trying to be very encouraging. Of course, whenever he did write something, it was amazing. And we, you know, and, and, and I felt like he made my stuff better. I made his stuff better. It, we, it was a really a good, um, a good, it was, it, it, it was the sort of combination that I was hoping it would be, you know, as in, yeah. you know, sharing the songwriting duties, but I would just assume uh, be in a band where I'm playing rhythm guitar and he was writing and singing all the songs. Like I, I would actually prefer that. Yeah. Um, but I, but at the t- at the time he was not he was not in the space to be, to to do that. He just was not. It just wasn't gonna, you know. And so when when I you know knew that I was gonna that I wanted to keep writing music and I wanted to, I I knew that that I had to kind of move to another another project. That's interesting. It sounds like. Like he plays, we know he plays, we know he writes great music, but it's not like, he's not like sitting down all day doing it. It's not like right. the main focus. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, it, it, yeah, and, and it's not, and it's, it doesn't fill the same space in his life that it, that, it, that, that kind of thing does in mine. And that was a, a, a that was a, uh, you know, a thing that we had to, that I had to learn. I had to learn about him. It, it just, he just, it doesn't have, it's just not, it's just not as important as it is to me. You know, it's like, and, 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 and I had a hard, hard time really understanding that. Like, what do you mean you don't want to create all the time? <laughs> you know, and it's just, that's just not how everyone's wired. And so. Um, right. Again, when you're younger, it's like, yeah, I've been in that mind. Uh, sh- I'm in that mindset now sometimes. I'm like, wait, what? This thing is not the most important thing in your life mm-hmm, that right. I'm pouring all this time into? Like, yep. you mean it's not the same for you? What? How could that be? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So, but like I said, like I think it was really great that we got we that we had that time that we have that record. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe another. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many decades we have left, but uh, maybe, maybe another decade from now we'll we'll revisit it. But but yeah, it's uh yeah. I definitely I I'm I'm really grateful for to, to, that we did have that time. We made a really good record. We got real lucky in in how we were able to record and uh it uh yeah it's just i'm super proud of that one as you should be yes all right so uh, let's recap now once again low coast existing the dream it's out there we can get our hands on it we can listen to it we can purchase it so we want to do that right jeff you do you do absolutely that's on spartan records uh, what about any gigs coming up? Uh, where can we see you? Uh, yeah, Low Coast is playing a show at the Troubadour in Los Angeles. We're opening for the Great Lake Swimmers on October 25th. So if you're around, go to the show. You have everything to gain and nothing to lose. I concur. <laughs> well, Jeff, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I've been listening to you for a long time. You've done a lot of great music over the years, and I appreciate you, so thank you. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you so much.
And there you have it, Jeff Caudill. That was a really awesome conversation. Uh, Jeff is a super nice guy. He's been doing this for a really long time. Game Face, just classic, classic stuff. I discovered them when that record on Rev came out, and that's been a favorite for a long time. I've had the opportunity to see them a couple times. And now Jeff's doing his new thing in Low Coast. Really digging that. And uh, just a real pleasure to talk to. So thank you so much, Jeff, for coming on the show. So let's check in, huh? How are we doing? How are we doing? I'm doing good. I've been uh, down in the South for a little while now because uh, the Darling Fire played a weekend of shows. And then uh, next weekend, there's more shows. So, so make sure you check us out this weekend, October 26th at the Brass Mug. That's in Tampa, Florida with Madball. Who could have predicted a Madball, the Darling Fire gig? Not me, but I'm really excited to play it. Hey Thanks is on that too. And uh, I'm glad that they're on this too because I've been waiting to see them for a long time. I really like their record and I'm really excited to meet them. So looking forward to that show. And we're also playing October 27th at Flickr in Athens, Georgia. So two more shows, then heading home. I've been down here just killing time, uh, waiting for the next shows down here in Georgia. But it's been cool to be on the road and hang out and play gigs because that's what it's all about. That's why we do this. That's why I do this. So I've got that going on. And in some other exciting news, you know, for a long time, I've been talking about wanting to learn home recording and doing all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm finally committing to it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Shout out to my friend Steve Clifford from Circa Survive. He's uh, walking me through the basics of Ableton, which I have now. So uh, there's two things I want to do. Number one, uh, be able to record full live band demos at home so I can demo songs for my band, you know, do that whole thing. And two, I want to do some kind of ambient lo-fi type band project, whatever. I want to learn that whole side of things. It's something I've wanted to do for a while. You know, I, I want a musical project that's just mine that I can do by myself. So if a band is not available and I can't work with other people, there's always something that I can do by myself to scratch that itch. So I'm really excited to learn the software. I've been going through beginner videos on YouTube and I'm starting to learn the basics. So I'm excited. I'm very excited to have a, a new project to dive into. Uh, my new band is going to demo two songs next month. So that's the next step in that process. More news there will be coming hopefully soon. And that's about it. That's like everything that's going on right now. Not too much new, not too much new, but enough to keep things exciting. So let's jump into the new scene community hour. Uh, I got a comment on our episode with Stephen Brodsky from Caven, and this is from Simon, Downbeat Vinyl on Instagram. He says, loved it, especially to have Tommy back in the co-hosting chair. Yes, that's definitely one of my favorite interviews I've done this year. Absolutely love that one. So thank you, Simon, for the kind words. And uh, everybody, check out, uh, Simon wrote a book. It's called Beyond Our Yesterdays, and it's on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. It's a sci-fi-inspired novella focused on how people who have experienced trauma can take different directions in life. Simon, as far as I know, is the first person to binge the whole podcast, so I love him for that. 
But uh, yeah, check out his book. And yes, yeah, Simon mentioned Tommy. You know, uh, I was talking to Tommy on Instagram recently, and for those of you that may not be familiar, Tommy is my old co-host who was on the first 111 episodes of the podcast, and he still pops on once in a while to co-host the show with me again. Actually, Tommy messaged me out of the blue to say that he bought some uh, Kirkland brand jeans at Costco, and uh, he was very excited about that. And he said, uh, I can finally just wear all Costco clothes, from socks, underwear, flannel, to jeans, head to toe Costco. Those are most of the conversations I have with Tommy is just about Costco because we know that's how he rolls. So whenever I see a Costco meme on Instagram, I instantly send it to him and we have a good laugh about that. But he's doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, that's pretty much it. I'm just excited to uh, get to work on some new music and uh, learn a new software. And that's always uh, that's always fun for me. It can be strenuous, but it's fun. So in the spirit of that, we are going to end the show with an artist who's uh, inspiring to me. This is, uh, this is kind of the same thing I want to do once I figure this Ableton thing out. The artist is Laffy, and the song is Midnight. This song kills me, man. It's a sad one, but it's really good. I'll add it to the New Scene 2023 Spotify playlist. Follow the playlist. You can hear all of our guests and recommendations. I'm back next week with a new episode and a new guest. So thanks everybody for listening, and until next time.